to the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You're a team every day. You're listening to Miller Thomas, the always wonderful host of this podcast. Graduated from college about a month, a uh, month and a half ago now, and I'm in need of a full-time job. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. I know you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles, to my photos, and my graphic design. Now, for today's show, I'm doing another two-segment show today. For the first segment, I want to talk about possible trade candidates on the D-backs roster that they might move by the deadline this season. And then the other topic I want to get to in segment number two today is what will constitute a good season for the D-backs this year? You know, what what will make this season a success? What will we constitute this season as a success? So I'll get into that in segment number two today. But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast, Locked On Diamondbacks, to listen to by 98% men. And 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I'll rate to the most reasonable around. Email me at lockdowndiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now let's get right into it. And let's talk about the most possible trade candidates for the deal. Mm, excuse me. Now let's start over. Now let's jump right into it and get into the most possible trade candidates on this D-backs roster. And the first player that I want to start off with is Jake Lamb. Now, Jake Lamb, we know who Jake Lamb is. He's a former all-star of the D-backs. He's on the roster. He plays, you know, the corner infield spots. He could platoon at third base or first base. And the reason I say he's a possible trade candidate is because right now, the places, the, the spots on the diamond that Jake Lamb would play at is currently occupied. Got Eduardo Escobar at third base, who's, you know, a borderline all-star, especially coming off last season. Then you got Christian Walker at first, who played pretty well there last year. Had a, a resurgence of a, of a season for him, or not even a resurgence. It was really a coming-out party, I should say. The first season he ever really put together in the major leagues that was pretty impressive, so... When I look at those two guys, those two are already holes for Jake Lamb in the diamond. And then Jake Lamb as well, you know, when I look at him, he's a guy who hasn't really been healthy the last couple of seasons. He played 78 games in 2019 and 56 games in 2018. He was an all-star back in 2017, but back-to-back seasons that are cut short due to injury, you're going to lose your spot on the roster like that, and he did. He lost it to Christian Walker slash Eduardo Escobar. So a reason I think he could be moved is because, hey, if we do, you know, maybe platoon him in those corner out, uh, corner infield spots and use him as a DH, and maybe he could show enough to other potential suitors and say, hey, you know what? We need a guy like Jake Lamb at third base slash DH. We could use him, and maybe the D-backs get back, you know, another middle reliever, another back-end pitcher for another guy in the rotation struggles. So I think Jake Lamb could definitely be a, a guy who gets traded and could bring back, you know, something nice. And let's not forget, Jake Lamb will also be a free agent at the end of the year. So if he plays well, if he gets off to a hot start, we could say, hey, let's move him, get something in return, and this, and then this way we don't have to pay him in the offseason. So Jake Lamb is definitely a guy who I have pretty high on the trade, uh, the trading list, the asset list for the D-backs. Now, number two on here, I have Robbie Ray. 
Now, the thing with Robbie Ray is, no matter if he struggles or he, you know, gets back to that 2017 form, I don't think it changes whether, uh, I don't think it changes the likelihood of whether he gets traded. Because listen to this, if he struggles and the D-backs say, hey, we got a ton of young pitchers, we can just move him, you know, promote one of those guys, and then we can get something back like uh, another DH or, you know, another back end of the bullpen guy, and then you say, hey, you know, we're happy as the, the D-backs, we got something uh, of value in return for Robbie Ray, and we don't have to keep waiting for him to go back to that 2017 form. Now, if Robbie Ray does come out the gates hot and he does look like that 2017 form, then you can move him, maybe get even more back as a return. It can still promote one of those young pitchers uh, as your number two and higher up in the rotation. And guess what? If he performs well, uh, if he comes out the gates fire as well, then that's going to be better for your team, get you off to a better start, you know, probably add some wins to this roster. Then you can move him at the deadline and get something back in return, even if he pitches well. I think the depth on this D-backs rotation is pretty good. I think you could get something really nice back for Robbie Ray, who's still pretty young, who's still only 28 years old, who's a strikeout artist. You know, he's a 200 strikeout kind of pitcher. So I think you could get something great for him uh, if he does come out the gates firing on all cylinders. So either way, if he struggles, I think you're going to probably get a nice return, but could still see uh, the other young pitchers in your rotation, see what the potential they have. And if if he comes out the gates firing on all cylinders, I think that will help uh, the return you get back and the assets you get back. It won't have to pay him either. Robbie Ray is another guy who doesn't have much longer on his deal. If I look at his contract, real quick this is he's in his final year of his deal uh 2020 is the last year of his deal he's getting paid nearly 10 million dollars this year so you can save more money not having to pay Robbie Ray after seeing these last few years of inconsistency so I don't think that's a bad deal either for the Diamondbacks and then the last guy on my trade list for the D-backs is Archie Bradley now you might think this is a surprise because he's been such a fan favorite with the D-backs uh, but I don't know if that could be true after last season. It was a two-month stretch where uh, where Archie Bradley definitely looked like one of the worst you know, relief pitchers in all of baseball. He couldn't get a guy out with runners in scoring position. The thing with Robbie Ray, he's also a guy who's gonna whose contract is up at the end of 2020. He does he is arbitration eligible, I believe, at the end of 2020. But who knows? Maybe they don't come into agreement. And you know, Archie Bradley is a uh, you know, a free agent, but if they don't want to pay Archie Bradley the big money and they just decide on arbitration, uh, maybe they even decide to trade him then. If, if they don't want to go through the arbitration process, if they don't want to pay him the big money, and they say, hey, this guy, he had a phenomenal 2017 like uh, a Robbie Ray, but you look at his first two seasons baseball, his ERA was above five. Look at his last two seasons in baseball, his ERA was right around three five. So he only has one year where he had that 173 ERA, only one season in his five-year career. We had an ERA below two, even an ERA below three five in his five uh, five seasons seasons in his career so Archie Bradley maybe it's just an outlier year we keep thinking he's this fireball flamethrower which he is but we keep thinking he's a shutdown artist we keep thinking he's a guy that's closer to this 173 year right than the one than the than the 396 for his career okay but let's let's not kid ourselves right now 2017 looks like the outlier when you look at the entirety of his career even look at the last you know the the first couple months or uh, the first couple months of 2019, I even showed you glimpses of how bad Archie Bradley can be at times. But those last two months, he was the closer, and he was being back to he was back to being a shutdown kind of guy. 
So depending on how he pitches to come out the gates in 2020, I think he has a similar, you know, I think he has a similar fate like a Robbie Ray. Whether he pitches well or pitches poorly, it won't change the likelihood of him being traded. And if he does get traded, then you can put a guy like Kevin Ginkle, who's a young stud, in that closer role. And I think he will flourish in that as well. So I don't know if those three guys will be on the, the roster, on the D-backs roster by the end of 2020. But those are the three players that I have targeted as the most likely trade candidates on the roster for various reasons, whether it's impending free agency, which they all seem to have, or they all just have this commonality of, you know, 2017 was the best year for them. They've all struggled since. So whether it's impending free agency or 2017 been the best year of their life, all three of these guys are the most likely to be traded off this D-backs roster. Now stay tuned for segment number two. Now let's get into what will constitute a successful Diamondback season in 2020. But first, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you'll ever need in a traditional chain store front. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. Right, locked on, and how did you hear about us, Box, so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it and discuss what will constitute a successful Diamondback season. So, I think the first thing that constitutes a successful Diamondback season is more than just a playoff berth. And, well, let me first say this. I think you have to start with a playoff berth, of course. I don't think it's a successful season unless you make the playoffs. I mean, the the D-backs are a team that, you know, struggles to make the playoffs. They're usually a competitive team, but since 2012, they made the playoffs uh, one time. And since they've won the World Series, they've made the playoffs a total of four times in the last, what, 19 seasons. So the playoffs are something they like to go to about every four, you know, every three to five years. That's usually when the D-backs like to make their appearance. But I want to see some more consistency. I want to see them make the playoffs, you know, more than the regular. And let that let let's start that trend in 2020 with, you know, hopefully at least a wild card berth. Now, with that being said, 
to be to be considered a successful season, I want more than a wild card berth. Because yes, the D backs haven't made the playoffs, uh, or the D backs have only made the playoffs a handful of times since 2001, and only once since 2012. But what's even more damning than that? It's just the the amount of playoff games they've won. Since 2012, they've only won one playoff game. And that's because they won a, a wild card game against the Colorado Rockies. But then they went to NLDS and got swept. So in the last, what, nine seasons, they've won one playoff game? That's just not acceptable. And yes, luckily, the, the playoff game constituted a whole playoff round. Uh, thank you, Semantics. But still, they, they, they've, only been out the, the, they've only been out the NLDS one time since 07. So I think getting to the championship series is the ultimate mark for a successful year this year. Yeah, winning more than one playoff game would be nice too, but I don't want to see the D-back just win a playoff game. I don't want to see them just make the playoffs with a wild card berth. I don't even just want to see them, you know, go a, a five, six game series uh, or let me say a five game series in the NLDS. None of that would even get me that excited or even make me think that this season was, uh, you know, deemed a success. What will be deemed a success a true success is if whether this team can get to the all the way to the NLCS. I'm not saying they have to get to the World Series, but the championship series in the NL, I don't think that's something to ride home about. That's a place they haven't been to since 07 when they had Bob Melvin as the manager of this team. And that team ended up getting swept in the NLCS. So the, the D-backs are a team that, you know, like to get swept a lot in the postseason. So I think one way to constitute this season as a success is for this team to become more than just a wild card berth team, a team to just be more than a one-win uh, one team in the NLDS. I want to see them go pretty deep in the postseason, and I want them to make it all the way to at least, you know, the, the championship series. Now, that's only one way that can constitute this season success. One other way this season will be success is not in the terms of even the field of play. It's actually everything that's surrounding it. And it's because of what we're in right now. We're in a pandemic, obviously. So what I need this. So the other area I need this season to be a success is just not how the players play and perform, but how, you know, the ownership handles the, the players, you know, how baseball handles the players, you know. Are the D-backs looking out for the best interest of their players? If a player is sick or, you know, showing signs of symptoms, are they putting them in, you know, their quarantine or keeping them away from the rest of the team? Are the tests going to be accurate? Are we getting testing quickly? Are we making sure to put in safe protocols to make sure we're keeping these players safe? Are we, are we doing everything we can to make sure the safety and the integrity of the game is not changing? Because... You know, we, we're looking at the NBA, and there's a lot of asterisk talk right now. There's a lot of talk about, about whether how legitimate is this championship, uh, you know, how legitimate is this NBA final series, and how legitimate is this uh, championship. Now, I think it's a little bit di different in baseball because we didn't have a start and stop like MLB, uh, like an NBA. We didn't see a, the teams, you know, perform for a few months, then go on a three-month hiatus to come back and look totally different. Whatever, however we see these teams play from the jump for these next 60 games is, you know, going to be our perspective of the team for the whole season. So I think, so I don't believe this season should have an asterisk. I don't believe because it's a shortened season, it should have an asterisk. I think this is going to be a legitimate championship for all the reasons I just said. 
But for the season to be a success, I need the D-backs to be more than just a wild card berth. I need them to make it all the way to the National League Championship Series. And I need to make sure the D-backs ownership group is every, doing everything to make sure their players are safe. I need to make sure you know they're getting rapid testing done. I need to make sure they're getting those results quickly. I need to make sure if a player is positive with coronavirus, they're not just infecting other players and not just you know infecting everyone else. I like... You know, the protocols that baseball implemented, it seems like they're trying to do their best to take care of the players. But this past week, we saw a lot of indiscrepancies and a lot of issues when it came to the testing with different MLB teams. We saw the, the Los Angeles Angels, according to sources, the testers didn't even show up. How can you be an MLB franchise worth billions of dollars and not even have the testers show up to test these, you know, multi-million dollar assets, you know? other issues were, you know, testing not coming back quick enough and other problems like that. So I need baseball to get that figured out because I don't want to see these players putting their lives at risk for a child's game. Yes, uh, a player like a person like me needs baseball to come back because I part of my living comes off talking about baseball and, you know, other sports industries, other talk show blogs, everything else, you know, their revenue and everything else is generated from the games actually being played. So people like me and people like them are, we need sport to actually, you know, pay our rent and stuff. But just in terms of players playing, I understand why they don't want to play because it is a child's game. They're putting their life on the line and they're already worth a lot of them so much money. So it's like, why do I need to play if, you know, we say sports isn't important, and it is important, though, in terms of, you know, getting away from the stresses of real life. But it's not important in the idea of you You are just playing a game at the end of the day. You are, you're, you're not, you know, contributing a ton to society uh, as a, you know, just when you're playing the game. You're contributing to society from the economic output that, you know, other industries get from profiting off of the season, but are you actually doing anything as a baseball player to help society? No, you're not. So when when if if I was to be an athlete, I would want to make sure the the league and the sport does their best job to take care of me in a pandemic. And that's what baseball has struggled with so far. They seem to be the worst sport so far when it's come to making sure keeping their players safe. And the season hasn't even started yet. So for this season to be accessed for the D backs is not just how they perform on the field. It's also how management and you know the the non-players perform, how ownership performs, how you know the commissioner and everyone's supposed to be taking care of these players perform in this pandemic. So all those factors go into whether this season will be a successful a successful season for the D-backs. All those factors go into it. And what's my conclusion? At least from the players' side, from actually playing the games, I think this season <laughs> I think this season will be a success. But from the perspective of will baseball get their stuff together and make sure these players are safe, I don't know. I'm still weary on that. I'm not even sure if this baseball season, if we'll be able to see it uh, finish. Uh, I'm not entirely sure we'll be able to see the baseball season you know, conclude. I, I have a feeling that it might be suspended again. But I'm hoping for the best and praying for the best. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned in, tuned in to this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Go tell your Alexa device to play the newest edition of the Locked On MLB podcast so you guys stay up to date with news, rankings, and updates pertaining to MLB and fantasy baseball. I hope everyone is staying safe, uh, staying safe and staying healthy. Peace!